0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the Offshore Insights podcast where we share captivating individuals and stories connected by water. I'm your host, Evan Luth. We're stoked you could join us today and I hope you enjoy your listening experience.
1: He care about he right. he'll just go sit in his flight simulator and go, yeah. instead of, yeah, instead of, uh, it's oh, Are going to <laughs> <laughs> be lucky? Uh, see.
2: How funny is that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> it's like you find a park <laughs> and oh,
2: then wow. next to the guy bump. <laughs> <That's laughs> <pretty> comedy. <God. laughs>
0: Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hi, Dan. Hello, hi. What's up? Dan? A formal introduction. <laughs> um, thank you for taking the time to come on the Offshore Insights podcast, and I, I appreciate you, you know, creating this time out of your schedule sure. and just being willing to sit down, and wrap out no this sweat. lovely sun filled park we got here. Yes, sir. This is a good place to be, <laughs> even with the trumpet. I know. <laughs>
1: It was fine until you kind of yeah, hit a flat it starts, out there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it starts farting out of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, last time I saw you, you know, we, I, I kind of put the ball in your court a little bit to say, like, is there anything at all that, you know, you'd like to speak to or, or focus on as far as topics? Because obviously, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I, I think people know you for and that you can speak to with great foundations, you know, but at the same time, it's probably kind of a bit redundant for you and and i just think there's so much more and like i said i regard you as, as a as a you know very valuable deep big thinker and i just think it'd be cool to, to call upon mm. some of those faculties and sure. you know, share some of that of, of who you are instead of just for what standard. it's worth sure yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded like what what jumped out the most was like you said kind of focusing on the current state of affairs are around, uh, self-improvement practices and philosophies as well as maybe that the kind of history or evolution of them.
1: Yeah. Every as time. I know them. Yeah. I mean, sure. I'm sure there's so much more to it than what I know, but, yeah, more but of I'm, a direct... I'm into it. I like it. I like all aspects. I like being wrong. I like, right. Yeah. This is really from stuff a, and...
0: a first person perspective yeah. and experience of like what you've gone through and cool. what you've found, you know, trials and errors, you know, to yeah. be successful. And, and, um, I thought it'd be kind of cool. I was, I was kind of having to remind myself what some of the more predominant lessons were in influencing a lot of the spiritual movements and self-help movements that developed, you know, in recent history. And so I, I picked out a couple of just like oh, cool. tone setting quotes, just Zen quotes and stuff like that that I thought right. were kind of encompassing of, of a lot of the themes, you know, cool. but also maybe challenging some of the romance of, of what we think of right. as far as self improvement and, and self-help and spirituality and all yeah. that stuff. And uh, so the first one is by um, Yamada, who's a, who's a Zen Buddhist leader of the 20th century. And it's um, the practice of Zen is forgetting the self and the act of uniting with something. And the second one is by Alan Cately. who's a writer and a Dharma student and is what is important is not the right doctrine, but the attainment of true experience. It is giving up belief in belief. So those are just two kind of like, I don't know, I thought that they were good in their humility, but also in their directness about the possible pitfalls of thinking that you're doing something when you're not. Or clinging
1: on to something too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I guess, you know, as a general theme, we're kind of here to, like I said, discuss this. Evolution over time, and and somewhat of a pendulum of behavior, and and the revolutions of popular culture around, you know, self-help and self-improvement, and it just seems like it's important. A for us to start out by acknowledging, you know, some of the values that were instilled upon, you know, your generation and our parents' generations that are still kind of having an effect in culture. And I think that certainly now you're just shy. You, 45. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're just shy of the baby boomer generation, technically. Yeah. I had to look uh, up. Yeah,
1: so my uh, parents are just just before it. Right. And so er, most of my friends have parents that are, sure. are boomers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so I had to kind of, again, re-educate myself on, on what some of those more s- yeah. standout influences were right. and the, the norms that were passed down from the baby right. boomer culture and the things that were jumping out. Were, How
1: they were raised, the era and the... Frame of mind, the Cold War. And,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and obviously up into you know the sixties and seventies, and and a yeah. lot of the. It seems like a lot of the lasting values came out of that yeah. period, as well as obviously the prior decades. But right. um, you know, certainly things like uh, you know egalitarianism, you know, secular spiritualism, you know, being able to pursue things not necessarily associated with anyone entity, but yeah. um, also things like self indulgence, you yeah. know, and somehow that intermingling with a major rise in consumerism too, yeah. which I thought is kind of an interesting General relationship bad, between bad, the two of them.
1: Bad health as a result. Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. <laughs> but also, you know, simultaneously they were taking on values like, you know, rejecting a tendency towards materialism too. Right. Like somehow there was these trends and in, in consumerism. And of course, a lot of that was economic factors that, you know, put right. them in that level of affluence. But right. from a value standpoint, they were still like kind of, trying to distance to reject themselves. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. It was, which On I thought line, was just kind of interesting because yeah. they're obviously a bit counterintuitive to yeah. exist at the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, anyways, I, I don't know. I just thought it was important to acknowledge that those were some of the, the things that we're still seeing the effects of. Sure. And it seemed like, um, you know, they, they had kind of made an attempt to redefine the American dream as being more a measure of spiritual, you know, wealth and fulfillment rather than material fulfillment and wealth. Yeah. And that was obviously a predominant theme of a lot of the 60s and 70s, you know, hippie movements and yeah. anti-war movements and music and arts and all that stuff. And um, I'm assuming that, you know, this is a lot of how Eastern wisdom and, and philosophies kind of had their foot in the door. Like, that seems like when it really entered the conversation in mainstream. Obviously, there's a lot of students early on, but they were more fringe, I think, in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became popularized. But it seems like that, you know the sixties and seventies is really where it entered the, the conversation in a major way and um and obviously, you know, drugs played a significant factor yeah. in that too, you know, expansion of consciousness and exploring yeah. alternate realities, you know. But Yeah, the um,
1: lifestyle in general and the drugs on top of it. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So I mean I don't know if um you know, like I said, it seems like over time it's become a bit of a pendulum. Yeah. And
1: I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind is is that we're just kind of riding along with a pendulum in a lot of ways, culturally.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, I, I, you know, part of what came up in our discussion beforehand when we were talking about this stuff was how it's kind of bouncing bans- back and forth between these extremes, you mm-hmm. know, of how to interpret that stuff. And um, I don't know, I guess, what, what's yeah, your thoughts on Yeah, so, like, kind
1: of one of the things that, that pop into my head are the, are the is is sort of the, uh, the hero's journey, mm-hmm. story of... I guess it was an archetype in it, and, and that hero's journey is. I uh, we just my family and I just watched uh, King Arthur, and it's just like a <laughs> classic, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> uh, hero's journey story. And there's in that movie, it's the hero's journey of his life, the hero's journey of humanity. And here's, and so all the different layers of what a hero's journey could be attached to are. Your own day, your own month, your own life, your own, and then everyone around you's life, the culture around you's shifts in the pendulum swinging, and all that kind of, um, you know, there, there's all those, and then and then there's humanities, um, from the beginning of humanity to whenever or if ever it ends, whatever that journey is, is going to be a hero's journey, quote unquote. And then each person's individual day is a hero's you know, and that that story of, of uh, you know, having the good times, the bad times, the really really hard times, and then the, the times where it all's lost, and then oh, all of a sudden m- maybe not, you know, and then you work your way out, and you, the hero, sees to sees to it for himself and the people around him to, you know, or her. I had another interesting discussion about this guy who's kind of speaking at it from a about the hero's journey from a feminist standpoint. I'm like, he said that there would be a whole different hero's journey for a female. I I don't know. I I kind of think I don't know. I'm not the one to ask because I'm a guy, but a a girl, fem, uh, real, someone who's really in touch with their feminine side, would. I think it would be a similar pattern. It would definitely have a different look, but. That you know, for me to get my head around the hero's journey, it was the easiest to just extract and pull out the parts that I can understand. Which are, you know, things are good sometimes, things are shitty sometimes, and sometimes things just feel like you cannot like, take another step sure. forward, and 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 other times you feel like you just fucking c- crushed it, and uh, and you're king of the world, and you know, and why are you? you feel that way do you feel that way because you just got a cool picture of yourself surfing or you got pictures you know for me it'd be you know to see that or have someone on one of my boards oh wow you know it's like oh wow what are those validations yeah what yeah what did i accomplish truly by that or is it going to be more like no look at you know um a, a, a timeline over in total and uh and and so that that's that's an interesting thing that that that, as you mentioned the pendulum swinging and uh, us finding our way as it swings and when it swings and it you know the common theme amongst a lot of the podcasts and different things that I listen to and things I read is is shit's going down right now there's there's a lot of people that are feeling like there's a lot of different things and I think it's because of these kinds of dialogues that happen and so
0: it's nice. I mean, I'd like to believe that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah I think, and and I was just listening. To this guy Jordan Peterson talking to Russell Brand, and uh-huh. and their whole thing is 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 uh talk, the, the part they're talking about is Carl Jung's uh you know the 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 way and the reason and the fact that stories exist are to explain why we see and are feeling things that we're seeing to explain our existence yeah Yeah, in a way yeah yeah
0: well and and we kind of touched on that when i was saying that that was a lot of my personal motivation for for doing a podcast was that i I feel like there's a bit of a almost like a deep subconscious level primal level in our psyche that's that's craving and missing this storytelling format you know because that's the way that we've Transferred and received information since there's been language, yeah. and it's and such people a great resisted
1: tool. writing, right? Just like we re- may resist an iPhone or oh, an, yeah. or social media now, yeah. they resisted writing because they didn't want to.
0: It was blasphemy. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, that. Yeah. yeah, don't right, write it recording down. Recording screw it up. Form. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. And so
1: to come full circle and be able to talk, you know, and even you know, even if ten people listen to us talking right now, it's cool. Yeah, right? it's, it's like super whatever. Rad. And so that all that kind of. Uh, and, and it's ironic that the internet, which is its own hero's journey, it, right. is is what can make this good uh-huh. or bad. It yeah. can make things amazingly awesome, or it can make things fantastically horrible. Right. So right. it's it's the ultimate tool. It's it's a something that's completely addicting, and it's also something extremely powerful. And right. It's just up to the individual on how they use it.
0: Well, and it seems like when you marry you know that notion with like we're talking about these various hero's journeys that really the the reoccurring theme regardless of, of the, the female or the male version of this hero's journey is that the hero has to keep reinventing yeah. their hero like right. they, they no longer have the same utility or purpose at one point in time that they do at another yeah. you know and you kind of have to rediscover where that application or utility serves yeah. best yeah. Um, I mean certainly a lot of the you know kind of Principal beliefs and philosophies of Eastern wisdom came out of this, you know, very Zen based philosophy basically where, you know, you're looking for, for, for balance, balance you know, the path of least resistance, yeah. you know, emulating forces like water and mm-hmm. things like that. I and mean, there's tons of, you know, quotes anecdotally we could yeah. cite to support that. But yeah. um, also a very necessary component to attach in that discussion is that these were created in a time in the world where, the environment, you know, uh, societies, cultures, um, social class, all this stuff was very extreme and very Mm -hmm. raw Mm -hmm. and even daily, you know, issues were were incredibly potent, you know, and and difficult. And that's just the
1: civilized world. There's a lot more like uh, uncivilized, quote unquote, worlds where they're, you know, aboriginal type cultures, you know, where they were just tribal, you know, 30 people strong.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know so, so for them they were looking for a way to maybe mitigate yeah. the extremities Screens, you know yeah, yeah. that that were just always present for them yeah. at, at that point in yeah. in the world and we've kind of to speak to the pendulum gone yeah. now full swing where we've taken we're that so advice soft. and going oh oh my god you know? i mean including myself yeah, you know it's like yeah. all of us we're oh, just yeah. so damn soft yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. you know and, and that's where we kind of <clears throat> when we've talked in the past at how we how the um, the softness is why the self-help quote unquote world is kind of tapping in and the and I, f- I keep finding myself I, I kind of always have it probably because of my dad and the way I was raised is he, he would always do really hard things physically mm-hmm. and um, you know running and you know long marathons or long yeah. runs and paddles and different things and so I knew from a young age that that was an option, so at least I knew about it, and, and so and then I started doing it, trying to do what he was doing when I was young, and seeing, I I, I did things that were hard, um, f- really hard for me, uh, you know, so other people wouldn't think it was that hard or whatever. Um, before I knew why I was doing it, sure. but now as I do as as I keep going with them and tra- change what and how I do. Hard things now with guys like that. Dave Goggins guy. He was yeah. on Joe Rogan. Yep. I mean, he, he he explains it. Oh, yeah. That's why you have, you have to do this shit. Yeah. You you, oh, you know it's like, oh, he he said something like. Oh, you know, if you wake up and you really don't want to, it's snowing and it's four in the morning and it's snowing outside you realize, oh, fuck it, I'm not going up. Oh, now I have to go for a run. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to have to go for a run, yeah. but now since I just thought yeah. I didn't have to go for a run, now I have to go for a run. Right. And it's like, you have to go and seek the most uncomfortable part right. of your day and go dive full force into it because things around us are so cushy, yeah. because you know, going twenty miles takes t- you know twenty minutes in your right. car. Pow, you're there right. to, with air conditioning and a podcast on your radio, and, and it's like not a big deal.
0: And for those who don't know, I mean, David Goggins, we, we're referencing this this Joe Rogan interview with him. He's this incredibly profound Navy SEAL, even within the spectrum of Navy SEALs. Yeah, he and says
1: he wanted to be elite amongst SEALs, right?
0: Yeah. Which is kind of like an insane sounding you know goal to most people. <laughs> but you know, I, what I thought was really incredible about the way he approached um, all this was. Him integrating all these other adversities and difficulties in his life, not just the physical right. application, but but no. you know he has he has something in there where he says like you know you, you gotta get to a point where you take all the negative shit and you you just you're happy with it. Yeah, you, you take the negative shit in. and you just welcome it yeah. and you challenge yeah. it because you know and you,
1: you use it as your fuel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: use that as the motivator rather than running away from it or yeah. seeking some sort of you know comfortable level right. of anything. You yeah, know? and and to that you know to these points like like we were saying before that. The the tendency towards this wisdom around finding balance and and all this stuff and path of least resistance has really become its own extreme, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're now living in a time where none of those same life, you know, and and environmental factors are as limiting. You know, we don't have those same parameters around the outcomes of our day. And yet we're still applying those principles as if we
2: do. Right.
1: And cellularly as a genetic species. Right. We're still dealing with that those uh, instincts and those, you know, s- cellular needs to, to get punished, to right. face cold, to face, you know, extreme heat, to face extreme exhaustion or exposure. You, you got to do it. You got to now you have to make it up. But it's just as important on a physical cellular level
0: absolutely as it as it, it's ever been. If not more. If not more brain. because, yeah, you're,
1: yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, I mean,
0: it's almost like we've kind of, lost touch with that element of, of our, you know, inner selves. And, and it's almost like we now need someone to like remind us and like light a fire under our ass, you know, to get up and go do something, you know, that's difficult. Get after it. Yeah. Um, there's this great, uh, there was another interview that, that you had shared with me with, um, Sebastian Junger and, um, on Joe Rogan. And he has this great, you know, uh, line where he says adversity produces pro-social behaviors in people. And the lack of adversity, safety, and comfort allow people to act selfishly. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool, simple way yeah. to explain that. Where it's yeah. like these are have a ton of merit to to the application, social of structure, yeah, yeah, and social structure exactly yeah. in society. Its implications, yeah. you know, like the more
1: and when you comfortable
0: act, we get, right. you know, and the more convenient our society becomes, yeah. the less people are really called to um, to their higher selves. It right. seems,
1: and their more natural selves, right. Right. And, and that, that, that act, acting selfishly is worked into our DNA somewhere along the line so that we make sure that we reproduce or that we get our food or that we get our shelter. But at this point where we, reproduction's not a problem, obviously, look at everyone around us, and uh, l- the food's not a problem, look at everyone mm-hmm. around us, and uh, shelter's not a problem. There's, you know, for most people, unfortunately, there's some people who have a hard time with it, but yeah. for, for the... General population. Neither none of those things are right. really a big problem. So people are acting selfishly, but they don't need to be. And it's the result is extreme loneliness amongst millions of people. Right. They say the right. most lonely place on earth is New York City, and it's yeah. like, man, you know, think about that. Like you go to a town with population 200, and you walk into the local cafe, they're gonna be like, God damn, look at this weird surfer dude. Yeah. You know, uh, what what are you doing here? Kind right. of thing. But then it, it, our experience, my family and I, do a little bit of traveling, and we're in, france or in sri lanka or somewhere weird or wherever it's like the the when you walk into the less dense popula, de, less densely populated spots that's where you're the least lonely is and then when you're in the crowded spots people are sticking to their deal they got their they're getting there. you know yeah. and it's and it's it's ironic that the that that is seems to be true but i, I think it's true and that's what sebastian's right Book, his, his book yeah his yeah. book is called A uh, Tribe right yep and uh read that book and it's just unbelievable yeah. how eye opening it was how guys at war would rather be at war because they're with their troop their other troops than they would rather be at, than at home they're right. more happy there
0: right and, and he talks about how we're essentially just we're not wired you know as For humans to be interacting alone. and interfacing well that but also to be interfacing with strangers all day long you yeah. know that, that we just don't yeah. have that capacity to yeah. connect on that level yeah. And it, and like you said, it, it has this inverse relationship where, you know, you're in a crowd of people, you're, yeah. you're in the streets in New York, whatever, yeah. and you feel so alone, yeah, yeah. you
1: know? In San Diego, I mean, you can't pick on New York. That's the thing. I'm no, at it's San just Diego. population it's like, size. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any dense place. It could be anywhere. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Or any setting for yeah, that matter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. God, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty wild that the, yeah. it has that effect on us yeah. of feeling so isolated. But then you
1: know. that's a great litmus test to go, oh, okay, well, I'm at a, I'm at a whatever. And, and I'm lonely there. You know, somewhere crowded, like uh-huh. the San Diego Zoo, or sure. across from San Diego. Yeah. You go there, it's like, Ugh, yeah. you know. And uh, the people who are nice you are usually the ones who are getting paid to be nice here. Hey, hey welcome, you know? <laughs> And then, but you, um, yeah, you've, you know, you've, you, you, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna be redundant, but yeah, the yeah, the the joys are um, what we're. What we're geared towards on a on a natural cellular basis, it, so oh, that's what I was saying is the litmus test. Like, oh, okay. Well, so then genetically, I'm designed to be not like that. I, okay. Right. So since I, that's true, that, if that rings true to somebody, that being in a crowd sucks, mm. and it's not welcoming or nice. Certain crowds are good, obviously, sure. but some sure. are bad. And and uh, and so if that it, for me, I, I learned early on, it's like uh, being in a crowd is just not not at all what yeah. I want. And uh, um, and so being so, what's what's the opposite of that? Right. You know? And and then is that does that ring true with what I need on a biological level? Right. Yeah, it kind of does, and that's what I've been learning.
0: Well, and it seems. I mean, I could be wrong, but I the only point that I would disagree with there is that it's not necessarily that it's the alternative to that. Like in other words, we're not we're actually wired socially, like as as a species, we are a social species, and you know, we're equipped people. with all these tools to interact with our tribes. Right. But to a point, you know, that there's a, there's a mass capacity, I think. Yeah, the Dunbar Dunbar number. number, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that same notion basically that, that yeah, we actually are meant to be social and to be tribal, but the tribes can't be these massive populations because you just, you don't feel connected and you can't, you know. Well, you can't process that much
1: data from some, because that's the other thing about all this is that. You know, they say there's five senses. and now they're saying no, oh, there might be 22. And so, right. all these different things that we don't even know how to identify uh-huh. are happening to us, are happening to us. Yeah. And so you get, yeah, you get out past your Dunbar number, and it, which they say is 130, 120, I mean, 100, somewhere around 100, 100 to 150, yeah. I yeah. think is what I've heard. And. Yeah. And those, those are the people that are recognizable to you that you can form, you know, some bits and pieces about the person that you can feel meaningful like yeah. connection to. And then you get outside of that. It's like, oh man, superficial. Am and... I supposed to know who the hell you are? I, right. It's hard. You know, right. it's like, right. and you're at a co- concert or something and it's yeah. just like loud and screaming. It's like, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. it's an unnatural. Well,
0: and it, I think one of the other takeaways from that notion is that you sh- should, should you know take very good care of the circle that you create yeah. of that yeah. number of people that you can retain right make sure to have you know um deep care for that yeah you yeah, know, yeah. And, and maintaining, cultivate, cultivate it cultivate it yeah. exactly yeah, treat it like a, like a utility and its ability to help you in your life as uh, well as to help one another right. you know to basically optimize your output you right. know and your efforts and your energy and all that stuff yeah. rather than wasting your time on superficial or, or unnecessary tasks. yeah
1: or something that's completely unachievable anyway it's, yeah right uh, I, i'm not gonna be able to pull this off totally. and know your own limits and that's that's what get you know doing these hard things it all it's all connected because when you do these hard things you 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 shed the thickness of your veil of what your soul needs and what your mind thinks it needs and you know, your social media versus what your soul needs, you know, it's like <laughs> it, 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 that, that, ve- that, yeah, the, the gap, <laughs> the gap between, uh, between your, 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 your image self, the self you mm-hmm. put out versus the self that you know is you inside your, yeah. your, your, your uh, over time. Right. Uh, and, 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 getting that wall between the two to be as thin as possible. But, um, uh, uh, and, but, and respecting both and, and understanding the role of each in some weird kind of mm-hmm. way. You know, it's that it, when that wall gets too thick, it, 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 the problems start happening. And then things like exposure to hard, hard things, mm. I think, make that. And, and that's, that's the self-improvement stuff. Uh, and, and physical activities that are really hard in particular. Yeah. Th- it thins that wall. It thins that veil of the, con- the, 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 the gap yeah. between your soul and your imaged self. Yeah. And then my son said... The, uh, social media is just the image of the image. It's not even right. you know. It's like no, hundred percent. So it's tricky. It's, it's layers, a tool layers, though. And layers, yeah. It's a tool. Like I, I yeah. just recently got on Instagram and it's like, oh, it, <laughs> I see it's used for my work. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Boy, on a personal level, I go, whoo. Oh yeah. I see and, some And people, I love
0: how you post because you all that humor, you know, and self-deprecation, you know, <laughs> that you do. It's really hilarious. You know, you're very. Okay. Conscious of the fact oh, that you're man. curating yeah. yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah, I
1: say my marketing team and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And I, it's funny because some people actually think I right, have. Right, that it, there's you know? somebody helping you. <laughs> yeah, now you're miss, missing the pun here. Oh yeah. yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. It yeah. should be pretty obvious, homeboy.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that another analogy I, that comes to mind is kind of like, t- to your point about when you do these extreme difficulties or you approach, you know, welcome adversity into your life as right. a, as a learning experience and challenges that it's almost like you, you always have this direct line of communication between your heart, yeah. you know, or your soul and your mind. Yeah. But in a way, once you do these really physical, you know, difficult things, it's almost like the corrosion on those uh, wires of connectivity become, you know, wiped off and, and all of a clean, sudden you have a much to go. more direct line. Oh, yeah. And there's no, especially there's no when you're in
1: it and right after, exactly. you're just like, damn, yeah, that and you've was never real. had <laughs> such
0: connectivity, yeah. you know, because you got nowhere else to go, you, yeah. you got to be there, you got to yeah. be in the moment, yeah. I mean,
1: or you're, you're well, gonna, and,
0: and to, to that point, you know, that's a lot of what the flow state psychology or optimal performance psychology, uh, you know, emergent trend is all about, it's just yeah. like, hey, this is. This is more than just um, a thrill-seeking endeavor. This is really almost a spiritual commune itself, you know. Totally. And hyper-functionality. And
1: so going back to the baby boomer significance to that... What you just said about like oh, that's extreme, oh, right. that's dangerous. Right. Like Alex Honnold, he was just yeah. on a uh, rich roll and he was talking about free solo and uh, El Capitan, and, wow. and it's like you know oh, to God. him he's all no, it's it's normal to me. Right? It's and he goes, I know it sounds weird, and it's it's like, but what happened to over the span of f- my my parents are uh, late seventies, and um, their parents. I knew well mm-hmm. and and uh, pretty well I mean yeah. and a lot better than they knew their grandparents mm-hmm. so um, so and 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 I, I knew my my wife's family they knew she knew her grandparents very well especially her mom's side and seeing that relationship and that knowledge um, and and then having the intimacy of how their lives changed so radically in terms of creature comforts, and hardships, and the struggles, and what they started out their lives with being surrounded by, right. to what they ended with. And and it's like, huh, man, I, oh. I go, boy, it, they called themselves the greatest generation. And right. it, it, the reason, I think, is now we're looking back, oh, it's because it, it's, when they started out, or certainly when they were like 10, 15, 20, exactly. they twenty, they're going through the Great Depression, and, and all that timeline. You learn. I mean, the Great Depression is the Great Depression. It's all negative and stuff. I bet there's some good shit that came from there. And oh, and yeah. my grandmother certainly said so. She goes, "You." She she was mad at me one time and she said, you, "You you I'm glad I lived through the Great Depression because I know what it's like to not have shit. Right. And and you you're just basically calling me a spoiled punk who who has never struggled. Right. And I I was like I think I was in eighth grade so yeah. whatever age that is. Um. At the time and I was like oh my god what wow, how, how could you be so mean to me? Kind of a yeah. feeling. Uh, but then ever since, I was like, ah, hey, you know, she, it, it's right. You know, yeah. you got to manufacture, if nothing else, you got to manufacture some hardships so that you can know what true, you know, at least fake suffering is right. so that you can get that closeness to your.
0: Yeah. Be in touch with that discomfort. Yeah. I mean, I think that certainly it, it's kind of, kind of two layers from, from what seems to be the takeaway for, for that generation psychologically is yeah. on one hand, you know, on the positive side, massively beneficial traits, you know, like, a, yeah. you know, um, adaptability yeah. and, um, just resilience and fortitude yeah. and all of this incredible, really important traits and let alone just self-confidence yeah. and, you know, uh, whatever faith, appreci- faith in the outcome or
1: appreciation when they did start getting it in the fifties is boom time, sixties, right. Is, they had abundance at yeah. that point, you know? and then in the eighties and nineties, of course, it was extreme abundance. Now it feels like it was so much abundance, and no one even knows right what abundance is. Sure, it's like sure. we've had, lost that perspective. Yeah, and depth.
0: Well, yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, on, on the, the negative side of how that that experience certainly of the Great Depression and otherwise for those generations must have affected them is, is developing a lot of these kind of fear based beliefs. You know, yeah. because they, like you said, they did live through a long period of their lives that. Um, you couldn't count on things, yeah. and you couldn't. So there fear, were securities. Fear
1: set in and never really left. Yeah. yeah, And
0: it seems like that kind of was yep. then how they raised their kids. Talk you about know. pendulum, yeah, right, yeah. right. And yep. um, so I guess it's you know whatever. There's there's no. I, I don't think there is a greatest generation. You know, yeah, it's just different I, yeah. ways of going about right. life, but. I I do agree that it's easy to understand why they would have been considered the greatest because of just their sheer fortitude, like you talked about. And they all...
1: I mean, a lot of their lifespan... I mean, their lifespan is going to be longer than the the boomers, uh, apparently. That's what the stats are saying, is that they're the last generation to outlive the generation that follows them. Uh Uh-huh. Well, well, and I
0: think... Are going backwards? Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, and and in a way, that's kind of like a testament to how we really should always maintain an awareness and an open dialogue with the yeah. previous generations and, and, and learn from them, you yeah. know, and obviously that's like a universal, like, be sure to learn from history so yeah. you know, repeat the same mistakes and all right, that. But, right, right. but like really examining what it was that was a benefit that came out of that experience for that generation, right. as well as, you know, what the negatives were. Right. And I think that it's kind of funny because now in a way is the, one of the biggest ironies to me about the entire self-help phenomena really is you know, you go into a bookstore and it's like there's a fucking 100 different versions <laughs> and iterations of any one topic. Yeah. On the, you know, and that's mentioned it's whatever the largest book section in yeah. the whole fucking store. Yeah, 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 exactly. And sometimes it's like I never I've never really wound up in that section to be honest. Um at least not in my recollection, but I certainly have have, you know, read books that would yeah. that would fit in there. Yeah. And I just feel like when I when I come close to those sections I'm like the fuck are we doing yeah. here you know like it's just looking at this huge you know collage of it's, it's like it's become hyper fragmented yeah. and hyper specialized and yeah. segmented. Well, don't listen
1: to him listen to me exactly yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's like
0: what? and not to say that there's that you know everybody is their own individual and, and they're going to yeah. find things that work for them differently pulling than for from someone different, different. Fruits, from different trees but yeah. at the same time i feel like we're really overthinking the damn totally. thing you know like, that's why it's that just,
1: goggins guy is so right. important and wim like, hof is so important stop get get yeah. out of your fucking head yeah, you just, just need to go something. yeah get, get out it sucks sometimes we, it sucks you got to just go yeah and it's you know
0: we're now at a point where it's like paralysis by analysis yeah. looking at that wall <laughs> you're totally just like oh fuck uh this one's about sorrow oh wait it's this whole wall is about <laughs> sorrow. sorrow you know it's like how do i sorrow. do this uh I guess I'll buy them all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Start
1: reading. And then the next thing you know, you spent three months reading. Yeah. I mean, do you think in,
0: in some weird way that, and maybe even on a subconscious level that the people and or us who wind up looking to things like self-help resources are, are almost kind of like buying time to avoid yeah. what is really yeah. staring us in the face. Like yeah. it's a, in a way it's kind of like, you know, being afraid to face the challenges yeah. in, in, the, in our real honest self. Like it yeah. seems like we're kind of like, okay, well, as long oh, well, as I don't have to deal with it directly, yeah. it's not my shit. I can read about yeah. someone else's shit right. in their book. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe
1: they'll tell me something that'll seal the deal. You yeah, I mean, yeah. You think my daughters people are afraid
0: to succeed. Yeah, you know? I
1: think they are. I in some to some extent. Like my daughter, she's she's young and trying to write a book, and she she goes, you know, I was going to write rewrite my outline for my book because things <laughs> have changed. She goes, but don't you think I just need to get after it at this point? She asked uh, her brother and 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 me and my wife and. I was just all, "Oh man, that's so cool right. that she knew to yeah, ask that question." Like, yeah. "Hang on, I need to just start fucking doing it." Asking for advice. Yeah, I need yeah. to start going, you know, yeah. and and that's what Dave Goggins says. And, and then he he says, "You know, amongst the other people, I mean, sure. I can't give him, you." Know, my dad says the same thing. No, he know, puts you, it really. Succinctly got, got he's well. very yeah. <laughs> clear about <laughs> <It's> it. Pretty fucking <laughs> <pretty laughs> direct. Yeah. There's and no bullshit. There's in There's no bullshit yeah. at all. He's all. Yeah, so he's he's like you got to just you got to just go. And and then uh, and then th- that Wim Hof uh, I, li- I luckily gotten into a little bit of that and that whole you know, it's it's a, like that whole teaching almost it's turned into now uh, a lot of the curriculum's driven by this guy Casper der Meulen and he's he's out of Netherlands as well. Um, and he's made it sort of a curriculum. Like he's made it he was a teacher by trade and so he and and a lot of those you know, a lot of those guys they they, they what Casper's done so well has made it so understandable. Wim was learning it intuitively. And then and, and he was learning he was taking a lot of bits and pieces from, from other Eastern like Tumo yeah. yoga sure. and all these different sure. things, inner fire, yeah, all that stuff. And and he went and cultivated it on his own. For himself, out of necessity. It, out of necessity. Him. Yeah. And he then was, he goes, I I don't I didn't learn from the books. I learned from me. And and I and and then he churn and says that in a way that a dumbass Western mind like me goes, oh, oh. Sense. And he yeah. said it in a way I go, oh, I I get it. Yeah. I get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not some high concept. Now
1: I go back and I read Autobiography of a Yogi, uh-huh, or if I read uh-huh. Tumo Yoga Explained, I go, oh, okay, you now I know what they're now. saying. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he bridged the gap for yeah. my Western in mind. Yeah, in the language, yeah. And then, and then Casper, for Wim, does it even further, right. you know, and brings it to even more minds. Yeah. And, um, but ultimately, what they're all saying, him and Goggins and Casper and all these people are all, if you pull it down... Is this up to you, motherfucker? And it's up to you to l- write your own book, read your own book, and 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 cultivate your own book. And, and you're you're not going to find what you're looking for in a book. It may set a trigger, but you got to you you have to go and and it, and if and if you can't figure out where to start, s- just start on anything and and have it be on the side of hard or difficult, and and start going down the path and just start.
0: And and to in a way value and find gratitude for the adversities and difficulties you deal with i mean certainly with yeah. Wim and, and with david goggins you know that their yeah. catalysts for for like you yeah. said this kind of intuitive path that they went on was really suffering. out of extreme yeah. suffering yeah. And yeah. extreme difficulty yeah. and adversity and they they yeah. both were talking about how literally their, their survival yeah. was dependent upon him. i mean they were suicidal yeah. and, and yeah. things like that i yeah. don't know if david goggins said that but he certainly was depressed and yeah, was pissed. i know wim yeah. was was on that point you know yeah. and it's just I guess that's that's such an important takeaway too is yeah. like like you said start somewhere but if you're looking for somewhere whatever you're whatever is you know not settled in you on a deeper level start there like start whatever that. is the most uncomfortable yeah, thing yeah. To use that yeah you know? whatever build on that yeah, yeah. You know, what can you do in whatever that? way tickles you yeah become intimate yeah, with that yeah. you know and, and you got to
1: own it I think too and that's the, and that's the other thing is you, you <clears throat> uh and that's sort of uh, an archetype that's ages, you know, hundreds of thousands of years old and all these, you know, different stories and different things, you know, it's like the, right the, um, you know, the, the, that, that the suffering will lead to, to your benefit ultimately, if sure. you use it right and you own it and you, and, and then you direct that in yeah. the right, you know.
0: I mean, I think it's the, one of the first, if not the first principles of the, the in Buddhist philosophy, the Eightfold Path is that yeah. life is suffering. It's,
1: yeah, it's going to be first hard, first recognition. Yeah.
0: And I think the whole point, <laughs> if I'm not butchering this, was that the, the intention behind that was was not to focus on the negative, no. but it was to acknowledge that life is suffering. That it's yeah. that you're never going to be free and clear of suffering, right. and that if if you're going to make any kind of you know progress Inroads, or, or evolution yeah. in your consciousness, that you have to just start from from within that, in the soil of that.
1: And you know, in that, challenge. in that lies the, the ultimate acknowledgement of truth, right? Like, and and that's what I think ultimately one of the, if like for me, it's really important to, for me to understand a lot of the hubbub and hogwash <laughs> things going on out there is to boil it down to its essence, and like you know, it's like like you said, the eightfold path, or the, you know the. The, the These are just different. Deadly sins. Whatever. Yeah, teachings. it's yeah. it's basics. It's yeah. archetypes. It's right. simple stuff. Truth, yeah. love, right. you know, compassion. Yeah. Same all religion Yeah, everyone and, says yeah. the same kind of thing. And then, but talking about truth, man, I for me, it was it was a huge shift happened. Like for for my like I was doing hard paddleboard races and stuff all through you know since I was like nineteen. I did them through my 20s, and uh, I was more spotty with the kids being young in my early 30s and mid 30s. But then, uh, uh, you know, I kind of always kept doing hard things, but, um, and then I got injured. I was hurt because of a back injury. I res- I relate mostly to, to stress, uh, from work and trying to be this provider in this mm. providerless world that we're in and, is, you know, more, 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 you know, how do you ever fill this? Right. What's your hole doing with my dirt in it? You know, and, and how do I ever get on top of this is how I felt. And, um, and, and the shift for me to get out of that, uh, whirlwind of back and forth, like how am I gonna ever win this war of of uh, I get to blame it on anything or I guess it's the simplest thing that I do is I just blame it on sort of the western way of, of right. more 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 yeah. more more bigger 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 yeah. better 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 more ah, yeah fast yeah and it's like God you know and, I, and what shifted for me wasn't going okay I'm just going to do less or sh- forget my responsibilities or you know hey everything's gonna be alright man groovy and just start burning weed or whatever the, the the solution for me was to just not lie to myself anymore uh-huh. and, and okay I'm just gonna not I, I, I may bullshit people or whatever not I'm gonna not lie but I may not tell the whole truth to everybody mm. my first step is gonna be to tell myself yeah 100% the truth and that was that was a huge shift for me like oh wow okay i you can't bullshit the bullshitter anymore and and it's like you gotta really come clean and um and that that for me uh really became possible when i would sit every morning and do some breathing or do some in the it's the the colder the better and the darker the better situation you know if you're outside cool that was what it was for me and yeah and uh and, and 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 not you know not bullshit yourself anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that was key. Absolutely. Well, and I mean it's just it, it's just so interesting because like you said, once you eliminate the very notion of there being these external potential scapegoats or yeah. or influences, you're you're and even when you look at them, there's there's really only one honest takeaway, which is that you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah, you know, and that that really you're just blaming other sources right. for your own you know self. Misery, essentially, yeah. and out of your own attachment and fear, yeah. you know, and um,
1: or your own responsibility. It's yeah, like, hey, I can't sure. blame the Western. No, well, you have to own it. I mean, yeah, especially which, once you've acknowledged it.
0: Yeah, it, it has to be your task, and it has yeah. to be something you're accountable to, yeah. you know. And that's important to your development as yeah. well to have those limits and boundaries yeah. with yourself, you yeah. know, around yeah. how and much you it. can, yeah, how much you can bullshit, you know, or not. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's funny. There's a, a story that this guy Jack Cornfield, who's like a you know, another Buddhist practitioner, and he talks about how when he was at the monastery learning to do these really, really long meditation workshops, how uh, when someone was having trouble staying awake, huh. you know, during their meditation, that the, the teacher would say, well, go, go sit on the edge of the well. You know, and literally he would go and he would sit on the edge of the well uh-huh. and meditate. And he said, sure enough, I was... Pretty fucking awake, you yeah. know. It's pretty hard to fall asleep, you know, when you're looking down at you know hundred feet <laughs> yes. of darkness. You know? Something that'd be really so hard to get like, out of. Yeah, and yeah. then the metaphorical way, it was almost kind of to your point, yeah. where you're like, no if you if you just you know put that extremity yeah. in your direct line of sight you know, and, and, cool and trajectory, way it. you've got yeah. nowhere else to go, man. You better stay <laughs> upright. You better stay yeah. in the moment and, and aware. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: that's what I, I've been running uh, lately. I never have run before, and 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 I my. Favorite kind of running on a long. If I'm gonna do a long one, I go there and back, uh-huh. or one one really long straight. Sure. I don't do anything where I could cut it.
0: Uh huh. And and yeah. so
1: I'm going there, and if I and I and I'm not thinking about anything until I get to the turnaround point. Right. Predetermined. Right. And so then you're like, you know, you're out, X miles out. Yeah. And you turn around and you're like, fuck the only way back is to right. don't bring your phone, fucker. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> the only and those way are back super to...
0: functional techniques yeah. for yeah. any kind of habit formation, you know, mm-hmm. is give yourself anticipate your your weaknesses yes. and your tendencies. And, and, and by being and, truthful
1: to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and be
0: tactical about, you know yep. how do how to save yourself from yeah. the from those temptations save yeah. yourself from yourself in a same way same thing
1: with it's the same thing as not if you don't want to eat a bunch of sweets don't buy ice cream and don't put it in your freezer
0: <laughs> exactly you know? yeah Just stop buy it. buying yeah. it you'll <laughs> stop eating it 100 yeah. yeah. percent. yeah well i mean and it's cool that you brought up you know your your particular endeavors and, and certainly you're somebody who seeks out challenges you know through various mental and physical disciplines like you said you're you know a, you're a champion competitive paddler you're a you know, you, you do lots of running, you do all sorts of kind of extreme applications as well as obviously the Wim Hof stuff. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe you can tell us a little bit about like what you some of, some of your motivators are, mm. you know, and around those passions and, um, and maybe segue out of that and talk more specifically about the Wim Hof's
1: work. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my, um, I, as far as the hard the first really hard thing i did i wanted to run a marathon because my dad would always run marathons when i was little and i was like okay that's a sign of being a tough guy and a man yeah cool
2: i'm
1: gonna run a marathon and then as i got to be like 16 18 i was like god running sucks i don't want (laughs) to run so what else can i do just about that time um my dad's uh friend um who he worked with was this guy named Roy Bream. And he was a, a, a longtime paddler who uh, did the Catalina Classic paddleboard race back in the day, but it took a break. It started back up and it's been running ever since the early 80s. I think it was 83 or '4. It started back up. It's been going ever since. But it, I think it ran for a few years post-World War II. And uh, he did it in the 50s and 60s or somewhere like that. And um, before its break... I don't know the years, so don't quote me on that. But it was something like that, and he had a, a Velzy uh, paddleboard. And and I said, I, he came into the restaurant I was working in, and we were all with the chart house. And uh, I said, hey, you know, should I do the Catalina? And he goes, yeah, fuck yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And uh, and and my dad's other good friend who was Jeff Johnson, whose son Petey Johnson was. He was coming over. He was here already, but Jeff was going to come out, and they were gonna. Um, do it too and so i was like okay cool you know we'll we'll do i'll do the catalina i'm gonna be a tough guy you know and so i just did it and I, it was just to do something hard i had no idea why and, and it was just more or less intuition and following the steps of people i admired and yeah. they did the hard thing so Your i'm gonna do archetype. yeah, yeah. Follow, and just it must be some reason they're doing it and, sure. and so i did it then and then so that led to me doing that race a few times um I think, you know, those next few years, I did it about seven or eight times, and then uh, would do other races that were local and hard to, but different, and that, but that one's the granddaddy of them all, and then, um, in terms of suffering, and um, and then, but like I said earlier, that, that in, my, in my early 30s, I got into this deal where I was working a lot, uh, making boards at my own factory, and a uh, business owner kind of thing with two young babies and you know family to care for and provide for in a mm-hmm. weird way and, and making mm-hmm. surfboards you know almost homeless and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of support from family and right. stuff so it right. wasn't it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was yeah um, looking back but it felt really difficult and, I, and all of a sudden I had just sciatica and uh-huh. for about two yeah. and a half years I, yeah, I was going downhill over two and a half years I kept Active and I would go to yoga and I was just getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. And um, it was all right around Clark, 2005, that I hit my bottom. Is actually the December 21st huge swell, Clark Foam fallout. Yeah, yep. When Clark Foam closed their doors, yep. I was actually in a great position because I owned my own factory, I owned my own shaping machine, and I owned a a line and a supply chain for EPS foam. So I thought I was going to flip on the lights and be rolling. And it and it was going to be that way, but it was it was slow to happen. Anyway. Long story short, I ended up finding things with yoga, and um, I went to seven different doctors, chiropractors. None of it worked. It, it was it was my own formula of food, uh, exercise, certain exercises that are soft, like right. not hard, sure. but soft yeah. exercises, and then just re over the next few years rebuilt my body and. Uh, started that was for me my self help wake up call sure. was, was during that time I was in some dark places and yeah. it was uh, I was making my life way harder than it needed to be and um, I had expectancies that I didn't need to put on myself and uh, and of course as soon as I started letting go of these expectancies things started flowing right. and uh, and and that was when my deal I, I had already worked for and sold my business to Firewire and then I was. Um, I had left my position with them, but I was still doing designs so for them. That started working out really well as a harmonious relationship. and I started making a couple bucks from that. Yeah, they were stoked. I was stoked. Everything's been working out. And and, and now I I still have my own little business on the side, but uh, I, you know most of my income's from them, and it's it's you know I can do it from anywhere. It's just the cream of the crop job right. I scored. Yeah. But it what what it's done is it's made me feel very responsible to. Uh, not waste this time, you know, I call it my inverted retirement. I mean, I, I still like to work every single day and I, yeah. and I like the interactivity and the productivity of making boards and making cool stuff. I made my wife a spoon the other day. freaking <laughs> kind of And it's like that kind of bullshit is what it's all about. Sure. It's not about owning a business. It's about what you do. It's the things between
0: how you use your time. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that's what, um, amongst all that outline of my, you know, my, my sort of Western life of, uh, economic life is, is it, within that has been a, a huge change for me, um, on how I see things and how I'm able to spend my time. And, 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 and th- that ultimately led to, uh, not only Wim's breathing, Wim Hof's breathing, but the, there's a whole, there's a whole this transformational, there's uh, holotropic breathing, there's all these right. different types of breathing. Yeah, and it's like it's it's super funny because they all say, yeah, what, what the hell? Yeah, I've been breathing my, you know, yeah, breathing, you breathe your whole life. What the hell's, yeah. it, but you know, yeah. When you say breathwork, people who don't, yeah. don't know, it's pretty hilarious. They yeah, it's like to you mean, don't, uh, what
0: living? Yeah,
1: yeah, you're alive. Your you know, if you beating. don't, you're gonna die. <laughs> you know, and it's like, but what it can do. um, I didn't know, uh, it was,
0: a, well, maybe you can explain for those who don't know just what the yeah. Wim Hof Okay, So is. that was,
1: and that was how I came across it. Uh-huh. So, like I said, he broke it down to a Western brain for me, like, like no one else had. I'd read, I'd read all these books and then all of a sudden he said, oh, okay, this is something tangible. Um, and what that is, is, is basically his, his formula for an, an introduction as I understood it, then and I still think he's sticking to this program is 30 inhale, 30 exhale, back-to-back, re- back. Um, hold your exhale, and and that's called retention, okay. it sounds like it's not, but you hold your exhale, and then you hold it as long as you can, and then you, they have all these stipulations. Don't hold it too long. Yeah, like, yeah. No, nah. I was like, nah, fuck, fuck it. it. Get, I'm holding it as yeah. long as I can. Until I freaking, <laughs> so you see yeah, yeah. Until I see Yeah, and I was in the safe <laughs> spot, so I was fine. Sure. Not every time was I in the same yeah, spot, but that's another story. Water, but yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you learn through uh, trial and error. Right. And I was actually right before the, the uh, Molokai race that I was paddling from Molokai over to Oahu, and I was like two weeks out, and I saw the first video on Wim, and I'm like, holy shit, this. this is it, you yeah. know? And I well, yeah. I can't do too much of it because it's got this race coming up, and I don't want to throw something new into the match, sure. you know? It's like ah, so I just was doing it pretty cautiously. Then as soon as the race was over, man, I dove head deep into it. And I would do it every single morning, still do. And uh, you do the thirty inhales, thirty exhales, hold in, exhale, and then as long as you can't, as, as long as you can hold it, hold it. And then when you just can't hold it any longer, you inhale, and you hold that for at least ten seconds. And, and then I think intuitively you'll hold it longer. Right. You're gonna want it. I, right. At least I did, and most of the people around me do. Yeah. And then you you hold your inhale, and then you you let go, and you start up, go again. Yeah. Do thirty more. You yeah. do three sets of thirty. And then, and then that's basically the introduction to his breathing. Right. What that did, what that looked like for me was, man, all of a sudden I started doing these movements and crawling around and rolling around and all these different things, sort of like Ido Portal style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like not even with his kind of grace and strength. Yeah. 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 I had no grace, I had no style or anything, but I, but I instinctively, intuitively wanted to start doing that kind of shit, Push ups and. I, I always hurt myself doing push-ups. Now I can do push-ups. Mm-hmm. All these different things start opening up because of the alignment of, of where my brain was, where my body was, and mm-hmm. and, the, and trusting my intuition, and and thinning out that veil between my image that I put out and my soul. And then that that was a big. Like I didn't know it was happening, but that was. A, I, looking back now, I know that's more or less what was happening. And uh, and then that's. Uh, that led to uh, luckily for me uh, my kids doing it and my son in particular um, he's, he's has he's very drawn towards it and uh, for his graduation present he wanted to go to Poland so that's awesome. that's oh, when, I didn't realize
0: that was the kind yeah, of it okay, yeah cool.
1: yeah and I was like I don't like groups like that you know and uh-huh. I was kind of all Tour ah. groups. yeah I was like let's
0: go to a <laughs> Hop on the bus. retreat yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I knew the Casper guy and I was like he's Cool guy, super yeah. badass dude, yeah. and and I and I really, uh, without ever having met Wim or you know, I and I only see his image uh-huh. on, uh, on videos and stuff like that. I, I trusted that it was going to be a cool thing, plus, you're you know, anytime you go somewhere weird like Poland, sure, um, Talk about it's gonna be killer. Environment and yeah. culture, yeah, it was like the Rocky Mountains with. Polish people around yeah. him, instead of yeah. uh, hippies you yeah. know? a lot more history a lot of history yeah. and a lot of trauma right and so it's right. really interesting to be in that part of the world where I mean it's been thousands of years mm. of, of the Polish and the, that whole oh, block Czech, Czech Republic getting it from both sides yeah. I guess you know yeah and worked yeah worked and, and, and you when you're we drove from Prague over to the border places you know like the Rocky Mountains like I said it looked just like it on the uh, Poland-Czech border, and uh, beautiful, beautiful place, but then you roll down the window, it stinks like coal, because they heat their houses with coal, you walk by somebody and they're just like, what the fuck are you doing here, homeboy, and "And why are you here, and it's like, God, this place is beautiful, what do you mean? You know, and, and, and like, uh, we
0: don't have that liberty of taking yeah. trips for pleasure and beautification. No, <laughs>
1: yeah. and self improvement. They're yeah. like, what the fuck? you yeah, that? We need food, man. <laughs> yeah. and, and we don't want to be invaded. And are you invading us? And, yeah. and it was just an interesting, God, really humbling experience from a cultural standpoint. But then, you know, and then the actual retreat, which was the reason we were there, really, was, um, you know, it was a bunch of cold exposure. And uh-huh. we're two white boys from Southern California. And it's we knew more or less what to expect and sure. you know it starts happening you're like holy shit here it goes you know here we are yeah standing and walking up a mountain with no shirt on or sitting next to a freezing ass river with no shirt on and um and all that process and seeing that um i had to leave a day early and i i was talking to the some of the people that were in the in the retreat with us the day before i left and i said you know it was the the biggest gift of all of this was to be able to um see humans in their essence right and so and going back to that veil between your your image and and your soul i it felt like in that situation with these extreme scenarios that we were putting ourselves into and people exposing their emotions and showing themselves totally unfiltered it seemed like uh exposing themselves in this way that no group of people i've ever been around would be willing to do that right. and uh but this environment, with this these activities, with this leader in Casper and, and Wim's vision of all this, has enabled us all to see each other's essence. Right. And it was it was such a uh, treat and such a um, mind opening experience from the standpoint of what it means to be a human being. And right. going back to what Sebastian Junger is talking about is a tribe. It's thirty people, and there's about yeah. thirty people. There's twenty five and. There's people, you know. There was some, a couple of people I didn't really talk too much, but there are some people that like you'd be forced. He'd say, "Okay, now stare at the person next to you's right. eyes. Yeah, you'd look in their eyes and, yeah. and don't look away for." Yeah, I think at first it was like 30, 30 seconds, and uh-huh. then you know, after a while it's like three minutes. So you'd be sitting there staring at someone you don't even know's eyes, mm. and 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 it, like I think, I mean, I feel the sense of anxiety that. I had at the time. He told us to do that because I remember it, but it melts away. Right. And I so I imagine that just talking about it, I remember that sense of anxiety of looking someone deeply in the eyes. Mm. I think when people hear that, they'll go, "Ooh, that sounds anxious. That sounds Most intense." People. Yeah, yeah and sure. it's fucking intense, yeah. man. And and but then towards the end, as that trip and and as that experience uh, evolved and it, as it matured, it became what it's all about and it's to connect with these people on a very very human level with that veil as thin as possible if not gone so that people are able to look deeply into your soul and you're cool with it because you know why you've been telling yourself the truth you've been telling them the truth they can see you they can love you you can love them And and it's like this weird hippie thing with this very tough guy shell.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's yeah. like,
1: yeah, we're walking up a hill fucking in the world yeah. with no shirt on. Right. And it, it, we literally climbed up this mountain. It was like negative 12 without the wind chill. And the wind chill is like freaking <laughs> 40 knots. Yeah. I don't know what the... Right. I, who knows? Right. It, but that's the whole point. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if it was 30 more degrees cold, you'd still be fucking doing it. You were, We were just like bring it whatever the fuck it is we got this
0: one it seems like the the greater the adversity of the challenge like the more that you saw this kind of shared humanity in your in your suffering or difficulties or challenges like like you said that kind of it brings out that very obvious shared experience that you have with these humans yes next to you that you don't get to see no you know it brings out the primordial and the Raw. infantile emotions unfiltered and, too yeah the vulnerability that, yeah. that we have experience so infrequently yeah. in normal life
1: but but when we have and see and experience it it's like oh wow oh. what a gift yeah and and so then you circle back to how we started the conversation like ancestrally uh-huh. we were living in extreme situations where the tribe sebastian jr describes is is this tribe of people who are 30 deep that you know for fucking sure they got your back and they know for fucking sure you got theirs and you're going to do whatever it takes and whenever it takes time happens that you need to go and help them or they need to help you it's going to happen and and that sense of security and belonging that comes from that is what it is to be human sure and 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 that's why we've evolved the way we've evolved but you know, like Jack Johnson says, <laughs> have we gone too far? You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: how much is enough? And, yeah. Or how much is, too much? How is, how much gone, is too much? Have we gone beyond know? where we should have gone? Too
1: much? Yeah. And so that's when I go, oh, shit. And yes, we have as a massive group, we have. Sure. For sure. I don't think anyone would argue that the, the mass production of everything is good. Mm-hmm. But as individuals and as small groups, we can still go find that stuff. Absolutely. We can go back to where we were below where we should have gone we yeah you know we, jack's song is we went beyond where we should have gone uh-huh. you, you can and as an individual individual in a small group certainly as a nuclear family you can go back you can yeah. you can and and i would argue on some level or at some time during your days months or years you do need to do, do that and by doing very very difficult things yeah you do
0: yeah yeah, it's a form of retreat from the normalcy or, or mediocrity that, that is so pervasive. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is around us. Well, right. and, and and that that comfort is where, uh, you know, I don't want to turn it into a conspiratorial thing, but that's what sells. Sure, that's what's easy to. Oh, for oh, sure. don't worry about it. Just have this.
0: No, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, the remote control, man. Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's a hell of a have better a getting Coke. Getting up off my ass. Yeah, so. <laughs> just have a Coke and a smile. Hundred percent. It's like
1: actually, uh, it, you know. The answer is 180 degrees yeah. back the other way. Yeah. It's back astwards, yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and it's you know it's not easy to go there. Yeah, it's really hard. To it let seems go there. like one of the
0: uh, somewhat inherent components that comes out in in sharing these connections and experiences with other people that you're talking about is that you know something that we've really lost touch with in terms of tribal life is mm-hmm. that everyone had a place and everybody had a, that, role. a role, and also just that that inherently gave them you purpose. know um, purpose and, and also respect to one another you yeah. know that that you know I know that you have this. a job to do yeah. here and I depend on you for that just right. like you depend on me for my job right. my right. role yeah. and that's something that you know whether it
1: was we, tangible you yeah, feel it. yeah yeah
0: yeah and, and you know they Sebastian Junger was talking about you know how there, there really was a lot of much more egalitarian you know yeah. principles that were pervasive throughout tribal life and yeah. that you know he uses a couple of anecdotal examples of people who were leaving western society you know even during the times of the early settlers when there was warfare and they saw them as primitive and tribal and um whatever you know aberrations in their mind uncivilized uncivilized exactly that that they actually that those who were either taken by by uh you know kidnapping or or otherwise had had chosen to go join them because they said this is actually a lot better for me over here you know especially if it was somebody who was on the downside of the inequalities right. you know whether you're a woman or um yeah. you know for ethnic or racial reasons as well yeah. Yeah. that they were like wow this is there's something to this yeah. you know that the, the women feel really empowered yeah. here and you and, might you
1: know, not even be able to articulate why it's no. intuitive
0: yeah but yeah. it seems like you know like you said just being able to acknowledge that we all have a skill an yeah. expertise, uh, and expertise at the very least have a valuable that, that we in our perspectives are inherently valuable right every person is yes. and that it's that Collective and that biodiversity that really yeah. benefits our advancement oh, as yeah. a group. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, how do you think that that some of this stuff is is kind of affected or integrated with your work around surfboard manufacturing and shaping? I mean, you obviously have a pretty unique take on this stuff. You know, at least yeah. relative to the majority of you know shapers and the uh, people in production out there. Manufacturing you know, and yeah. manufacturing, and I just I wonder where you see all of this you know interwoven into
1: well i practices yeah that's cool i like connecting those two things because i i don't plan on stopping working and uh and i like my work and stuff so um and they're not mutually exclusive right so and how um i view my work is uh it's for the most part it's to um well luckily um because of the way things are it's you never i'm never like oh cool this is the this is the best board ever this is right. this is the board this are right. done yeah and and we're it's not
0: looking for the way no yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like
1: there's so many that's the beauty of surfing and making the surfboard itself for surfing both entities are like music in that you are painting like mm-hmm. where you know where there's no wrong way to do it and and um, there's the most attractive and there, but then there's all these little veins and mm-hmm. things that go on. Expressions. It's, yeah. You know? Expressions of it. Yeah. And as a surfer, I love that as right. a individual person. I, you know, you know, I, I ride my bike to work a lot. So yeah. I, I like my bike just this way. You uh-huh. know? It's not cool. It's dorky. It's not, but, but uh, in some but ways it's kind of it works badass for and yeah. it works for me. Yeah. And so all these, you know, that kind of, uh, Framework is how I put and what I put into the surfboard side of things. Is a we're not ever gonna be done. Like someone I don't want to say who it was, but they're quoted that hey, the surfboard's like the guitar. It's done. Really? It's up to the it's up to the instrument the player.
0: That seems remarkable. To I'm like, god, that's considering
1: bullshit. How yeah, as a surfboard maker, we no could improve way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> especially in terms of the environmental component.
1: That alone yeah. is huge. And yeah. then as far as performance, performance, it's a huge world. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're just
0: starting to play around. Well, you have been playing around with certain materials for yeah. longer than, than a lot of people, but yeah. we're still exploring oh, other and, applications and, it, and, it's, and technologies. And it's so
1: infantile, right? Yeah. Now. It's still, even my most radical thing in 10 years from now, hopefully, it looks super stupid. Right. You know, and, and, it, and we're all failing miserably because yeah. I had something that was, that's 10 years old this year, and it's, it never got even really to the market and uh
0: that's the inside the inside thing, uh-huh. the
1: carbon stringer on the interior inside blank. and it's like yeah. god man it, 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 to me it's like boring but mm-hmm. like people still are still putting these little strips of carbon here and there and this it's like you know that's not really tech that's yeah. not really and no, so it's
0: more aesthetic yeah it's
1: shame on us as a as a industry and shame sure. on us as surf, surfers that we haven't really um, gone beyond that but but it is what it is and that's fine it's it's fine but yeah uh it will never be done because guys want new more 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 and and you see it really obviously in the design of the board sure and so that's the easy that's the low-lying fruit is to be able to like go and just hit hit the industry or an an individual with a new design that's actually really easy it's like and it's and it's really fun and, and that's the part that's not, not easy easy but it's there's a formula and there's a method to it and to get someone super stoked on a board just by changing the design is pretty obtainable yeah. and, and surfers even on the top level who are the most st- stagnant to change people because they have competition they have something they need the job they need, need to do that depends on predictability
0: well, and, um, and they're ultimately a billboard selling something at the end of yeah, day, too. Yeah. So there's and that pressure. Yes, big Whatever time. contracts they have to continue to promote
1: yep. and push what's And they need this the product flow. to be predictable so that they can do that job. Yep. And so they're slow to change, but even they are changing quicker yep. than they used to. And so that's good. Uh, but then the general consumer is changing faster than them. Mm-hmm. And then as an industry, we're changing with things like Firewire and even Channel Islands is doing some tech type stuff. And then the the smaller guys, the best stuff is guys you've never heard of. Absolutely. And the best stuff I've ever done, I can't talk about or show right. anybody. Right. And so that's probably the case for all the best guys who are better than me out there. You know? Yeah. Who knows?
0: Now, why so. why is that? Don't you know, let me asking that you can't. Ah, yeah, uh, because
1: about uh, there's there's a small little glimmer of hope of being able to make some money off of it ah, if you okay, keep it okay, a secret. I, got, I, got what you're saying.
0: You're, I, I wasn't sure a, if you it, meant that it was. Um, you couldn't diplomatically speak. To oh you yeah, there or something.
1: well that too probably. But. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> get some, but no, get some shit from the hip going. Yeah yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no, there's some like.
0: No, you still. You're saying you still have a lot of. Yeah, ideas there's trade secrets brewing. that yeah. you can. Yeah.
1: That if if you know, I'm watching the consumers sure, and I'm watching sure. the industry guys going, hey, check out my new tech. And it's going okay. Well. Yeah people are buying that okay cool but the boards are still breaking or they're doing this or they're doing that or they're not ecologically right or yeah or there's an improvement of making them out of trash here or trash and there that,
0: that seems to always be a bit of the duality of um you know advancing any of the sciences or technologies yeah. or anything like that is that there is this shared that, that yes competition is healthy to advance the progress of but it's almost to a fault a lot of yeah. times where where we have to keep our cards close yeah. out of fear of you know losing yeah. Whatever equity can come from our yeah. own, you know, Big ownership and proprietary Well, and look at that,
1: the world of patents. I went and the insides that's, patented, yeah, and exactly. that's what it was. It was just like, ah, yeah. what I need to be doing is singing from the highest mountain how right. great it is. Right, But I'm actually going to keep it quiet. Oh, I yeah, 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 for so. sure.
0: Well, and hopefully we'll, we'll get to a point where enough, enough interest has been generated, you know, through the industry and through the consumer market that everybody can go, all right, we're opening the channels, the floodgates, like full transparency or whatever, or at least on a base level, you know, like this stuff we can acknowledge collectively we all should be doing. Right. You can, you know, I'm sure each of you individually has your own ideas that you can keep your cards close to your chest about, Yeah, you know, but really just getting, we haven't quite passed that um, precipice yet. No. No.
1: Yeah. And it's an interesting time, but yeah. So for me, there's there's uh, my in terms of my work and how it, it it kind of suits my lifestyle is that it's ever ever changing, ever evolving. But it's total, both are totally limitless, and uh, and I, and I and I don't feel like I know anything about either one of them I, on a day to day basis. I, I, I go on one hand, I go okay, yeah, I've been doing this 25 years on on the surfboard, side, I go 25 years. Um, what you want out- to handshape me? No. You know, you, you want to out-glass me? You could probably out-glass me, but I'll I'll make a really good board, you know? Yeah. What, do you want to out-sand me? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and my I'll, pleasure, but God. I'll sand it. I can sand just as good as you, fucker, but I might yeah. not be able to do it as fast. Right, right. I mean, all these different little things that I feel like, okay, i I put my time in. I yeah. I do... I am allowed to humbly say, yeah, f- you know, I- I'm pretty good at this shit. Sure. I understand it. No, absolutely. You've, earned, you've earned that. Uh, yeah. That title. I've yeah. sold a ton of boards. Yeah. With my name on it, yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. okay, that's cool. But it's, it's absolutely no place to stop and right. it's absolutely no place to rest. Yeah. And, and so the work, uh, for me, I mean, I, I think the biggest change still has yet to come on term in terms of material. And I, I think hopefully it's going to have a huge, Environmental mm-hmm. impact, at least at the very least, in, in the boards lasting longer and having a higher resale value, right? So that the common surfer dude who buys a board for 800 bucks can turn around and sell it for 600 or uh-huh. 500 and f- go and get his new one and, and stay in that world instead of the disposable world of, of who are the most guilty people are the top pros, they're, right. they're going through these disposable I'll boards,
0: snap, and yeah, move on to the next one. And
1: it's like, I don't blame them, but yeah. at the same time, hey man, that that's got to end, they're leaving. Islands full of, of broken boards, you yeah, know, and that's not yeah. cool.
0: Well, so, I was just talking about this the other day with with Cliff Capona, and, and yeah. he was talking about how you know. Oh, he would
1: know better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah but, in some areas, sure, in terms of direct connection to his culture and, yeah. and the history there. But we were just talking about how you know, boor- the, you know, boards used to pass through generations. Yeah. I and mean, they used to be, you know, heirlooms and yeah. and tro- you know, just incredible history and Art and story pieces. and mana in these in yeah. these same surfboards yeah. from all the hands That it's passed through. Whereas that's like. That that's like a far-reaching idealism in our mind at this point, you know. But it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be, and it's it's very obtainable. So that's
1: the first thing that we should, as board builders, be aiming for.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And that's
1: through process and and materials. Yep. And so we have to change our processes and change our. Then we'll be able to change our materials. Right. There's material out there that is available right now and has been for thirty years that we just need to change our processes to be able to use yeah that would that would create that heirloom effect
0: sure sure well and i think a lot of what makes you know your boards as special as they are and your creations as as you know real you know profound and, and impactful as they are is that you you do see this as a student you know and yeah. you're you're a constant student of life but also of your own trade they and go together mastery so to speak is that you don't take a master's standpoint no. you know you don't kick your heels up once you've just you know received some accolade right. or some title or no. some ego stroking you know that's not a point to settle on no. that's just the beginning no, you, in of the fact you have more iceberg.
1: responsibility i think you right know? it's like that's a higher
0: call to your yeah. integrity if
1: you got to go you got to dig deeper and yeah. come up with even more rad shit right yeah
0: yeah well that's awesome I, I definitely think you know i'm i love the boards you produce and i and i'm super like just psyched to be riding them but cool. that's definitely a lot of what draws me to your shaping is yeah. is that kind of general outlook but yeah. also your approach to it you know yeah, it's very inventive and it's very creative yeah. and imaginative yeah um and certainly i hope more people can become more open-minded yeah to the experimentation that's, that's going the on. thing
1: is like you know but that that i think surfers as a group are are more open-minded obviously than yeah. uh than the general population like you know i always my i i i trip out like i always tell my family the story but i yeah, like, if, you're, if I'm at work and, it's, and I'm, I sneak out of work early and I'm driving on the freeway and I know the surf's pumping, I'm like, holy shit, it's pumping right now. <laughs> yeah. And you look over and no one on the freeway gives a no shit. No one cares. No yeah. one cares. Yeah. And it's like, God, you don't care that it's fucking firing right now? <laughs> and I'm freaking out in traffic, trying to get through it. You know, it's like, those are the people <laughs> right. who, you know. It's like surfers need to change our consuming habits and our understanding of where and when to put our technologies and how to balance it all and use them as tools and this thing. But boy, there's a hell of a lot more non-surfers who aren't
0: as progressive. And and we, as a a segment of the population, or in some cases a counterculture, have developed this greater capacity for broader awareness, as you said, to our environment, to open-mindedness. Cliff's a great example of that. For sure. Fuck. An awesome example of it. And at the same time, we have a, there's a sort of primitive element to certain rigidities that we form, you know. And it, it's this kind of dance between the very selfish act of, of my ego wanting to feel good yeah. after riding that wave yeah. and the selflessness that is necessary to explore and yeah. experiment with things that are going to be more you know uh, positively impactful Overall. on the broad scale yeah. you know for the for the, the broader utility yeah. the social utility the answer for utility.
1: that is to just make boards that go and super shitty surf right so you can go surf, surf shitty surf it's not hard to find yep and you can be by yourself <laughs> get every wave all
0: you want I agree <laughs> man and that's some of your your best models at least in terms of uh, market performance it seems yeah. like are yeah. some of these incredible the grovelers. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's really cool
1: I do want the high performance ones that's what I'm trying oh yeah to well to that's
0: what I, what I just I just picked that board up yeah, for yeah, yeah. a month or two or two months ago and, and man that thing is just blowing my mind and then you, you get
1: a, that mixed in with you know it lasting a long a hell of a lot longer yeah. or a I long mean you, time. you
0: used mostly yes. scrap materials yeah. and trash materials yeah. for that board and that's a refined high you know yeah. high-performance shortboard yeah you know, and it, and it looks it and feels normal. it. Yeah, yeah. It looks normal. Yeah, like yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty That's cool. cool. That um, board's
1: finally getting some good traction and feedback. There's awesome. There's a kid in Australia. is digging it.
0: Sick. Yeah. That's killer. That's cool. pretty cool. Well, um, what, what do you think are some just kind of daily practices or work that you could recommend or, or maybe not even necessarily recommend, but just that work for you that in a way kind of like counterbalance our inclinations towards the, you know either our laziness or our um comforts
1: um well that one little trigger that you could listen for is i don't feel like doing that but you can go do it and Uh go do it Uh you go 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 find the discomfort and jump right into it but that's just sort of a general thing throughout the day you know
0: paying attention that voice paying attention to that exactly Exactly. Yeah, where's that well. coming from, and why am I exactly giving it? And
1: oh, now now I gotta go do it. That that's a that's a Goggins kind of a perspective. Sure. I really 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 like that one. But I think uh, I was talking to my son, who we, we talk a lot about this stuff. But and uh, and I was actually talking to my dad too, and it was about the idea of mindfulness, and and it's so heavy with uh, pre. Prejudice—that yeah. word—and yeah. as people go, oh, marine, mm-hmm. you stupid. Mm-hmm. Hit. And I go, yeah, I get it. I understand, and yeah. I've been on that side sure. of it. And, it's
0: slowly becoming more mainstream, but, though. Yeah,
1: as, as And I go, I go. Well, it's my yeah, it's a dorky name and everything like that. But what it is is, uh, when you break it down, is that, well, it's doing something by yourself, pretty much in silence, maybe with some some real light background music or something. But I go silent, and I try to be outside. Uh, at least once a day and I'd say at least a half an hour but if you can if you can only do it for five minutes do it for five minutes go outside i I'd say I, from what I understand all the great leaders of this kind of mindfulness have done it early in the morning I think and uh, it, that really draws to me and I don't like getting up Super early. Right. I, I don't. I'm not inclined to do that so naturally. So it's another jump right in. Yeah. Oh fuck! I don't want to get up right now. Okay, now you got to get up. Yeah. And uh, there's no secret to it, like Goggins said. You know, there's no there's no answer other than just to jump up and do it. And right. that's a that daily act of doing something by myself. And I use the breathing as the anchor uh, <coughs> focus point mm. for that mindfulness. And that was through the breathing. I did. I've done yoga for a long time, since the early 2000s. And um, that, up until t- two years ago or so with the breathing, I, don't, I didn't really meditate. And so I didn't read, I heard like Howard Stern would talk about trans and uh-huh, whatever, uh-huh. meditation. I'm like, God, he meditates? Yeah, this. <laughs> guy's in New it? York City yeah. and he's just like, flout <laughs> mouth guy, yeah. you know, funny as hell. Right. But uh, I was like, God, he meditates? I, I Okay, yeah. I'm going to try again. I'd yeah. sit there and be like, I don't know if I'm meditating. So, But the breathing was what triggered yeah. me going, oh, i that's meditating right there. Yeah. And it was like this uh, kind of like, uh, you know, just a... a th- not thoughtless state but you know everyone's heard it. people try to describe what it is and yeah. I think you'll just don't even worry about that no, just
0: definitions don't go, serve you no well.
1: and just go and figure it out and, yeah. and I guarantee you that if you do it at some point every day at some point it's gonna you're gonna go oh that's what it was
2: right and right.
1: Uh, and, and 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 don't listen to a definition of it to go define it yourself yeah just take 30 or 100 days and just go every morning do five to thirty to an hour long Five minutes to an hour or two hours if you have yeah. the time every day, and go do breathing and movement and just do something by yourself, um, or someone you know really really well. But I'd say by yourself most of the time, and and spend that time in that space. It's uncomfortable sometimes. It's cold or it's uh, or too early or you're alone or you're bored or you're whatever. It's like sit with themselves. No, you got it. But yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah, and so that that's to me like as weird as it sounds and as i probably wouldn't have listened to that too but i might not have listened to it 4 years ago 4 years ago i would have been open to it but yeah uh, it, it's something that it was slow to me slow to yeah. come to me i'm old for it yeah. and uh, and it's so spending that time every day without even an objective clearly defined objective just with yourself and yeah. in a quiet calm state uh, things will open up and, and, and for me I I started with okay I'm not going to bullshit myself anymore and, and just focused on that and, and and from there things started really happening a lot quicker and right. unraveling and showing themselves on what the obvious next step was yeah. for me
0: well and it, I think that your story is, is a perfect example of how a lot of the the real uh kind of unique merits that have come out of this Wim Hof approach, so to speak. And, and I know, yeah. again, you know, it's important to say that he's not the first and he's really integrating other things that have been out there for many, many yeah. years. Millennia. Millennia, yeah. in some cases, yeah. is that it's really it's really ignoring the philosophical component and using the, the, the physiological mechanisms of breathing right. and of these practices to kind of, in a way... Jumpstart oh, yeah. your mindfulness. You yep. know, what I mean, instead of trying to a, become mindful or trying to meditate, yeah. you can induce these states right. through these mechanistic practices. Yeah. You know, and and that's it's cool. Because, great way of it. Yeah. yeah, it's cool because now we are seeing, you know, a lot more "quote unquote" mainstream sciences. You know, empirically driven studies that are validating the physiological impacts of, of, of all like breathing not. and yeah. meditation and yeah. mindfulness and stuff. And it's no longer this kind of taboo thing. Not yeah. as much. Woo-woo.
1: It's not as woo. Yeah, it's not
0: as woo woo and. And, you know, it's cool because you can treat it that way too. I I know that for me, like your example of a daily practice is great, but I know a lot of people who would cringe the idea of even sitting with themselves, you know, for that for more than a minute or 30 seconds Uh and just like being quiet. Like that's hard for some people. Another way that I've found that's really practical to again, cultivate this idea or concept of mindfulness is is just to engage your senses like in, in any yeah. environment uh, wherever you are in any moment like hear more see like, more like setting intention to yeah. to the scent that you're smelling yeah. setting attention to what you're yeah. hearing like taking inventory yeah. in a way like it's another way it's a that. super good call you know it's yep. just like it is with intention you know integrating your senses and engaging them yeah you know yeah. and so that it's not this passive experience right. and i think that when you do that you you automatically enter into a mindful state right. or at least greater sense of mindfulness. Yes, 100%. You know? And um, so that's another and way And that triggers that,
1: it. That like, Right. That's a that's a great... That would be a great, easy first step. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: That's like something I've been practicing lately is, uh-huh. is just like if I'm feeling a little uh, foggy in the brain, is like just closing my eyes or, or not, but just listening to every single sound I can, can hear, hear yeah, and out. acknowledging what that is, uh-huh. like what bird it is, what tree it's on, yeah, where that Yeah, you can is. do
1: that even without the breath. Like I do that... Right. With the breathing, but like so, that'd be a great way. If if you're having a hard time or you're cringing about being by, then just go and do sit sit somewhere and do that. Yeah. Don't even worry about the meditation yeah. or breathing or any of that shit. Just because just do our that.
0: senses aren't limited by the same mental boundaries and borders that we we create for ourselves. Yeah. You know, they're a, they're when you're out on engaged. your day. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it, I don't know. That's, that's just good, like an easy that's kind a super of super cool approachable way yeah, that yeah, I found. Yeah. You know, for and, and like you said, to stay away from the whole cognitive or you know cerebral philosophical elements yeah. of, of mindfulness you know and try this to, is really just a, a, a practice of, don't of try to alive. understand
1: it like yeah. like the psychology of it like when you hear jordan peterson explain things you're like damn right wow right. cool that was awesome yeah but, but it's almost but, daunting yeah like, yeah oh god that's yeah so you don't need to understand thought. it that well <laughs> yeah you'll totally. just get it on, a, on an intuitive level yeah and you're, and you, it'll just feel right
0: sure yeah no that all makes a ton of sense it's just
1: like a barrel like i mean jesus how do you explain how cool that was right and when you see these guys at cure right the last couple days it's like god man and oh, you yeah. couldn't explain that to a non-surfer no you know and
0: if you want to learn how to get barreled, it's not read a book it's nope. go fucking pull get it and throw pitched. yourself go get scared yep throw yourself over the ledge <laughs> Pack yep. a couple closeouts, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. get a couple board injuries yeah. and eventually you'll be yeah. feeling that zen. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> Nothing more simple than that. Yeah,
0: yeah, soaking up all those negative ions in there. Uh, <laughs> well um, that's a perfect segue uh into a couple signature questions that I've been trying to ask each guest so far. Yeah. And the first one is um what is what is your earliest memory of water, period, in life?
1: Huh wow, what flashed into my head was getting pounded with my dad when I was really little. I don't know uh-huh. how old I was. Probably that, in terms of the power of water, it would have to be that. Sure. I, I I know I was in the ocean and showers, obviously. Hopefully in the shower. <laughs> hopefully it was going to dance. <laughs> I was. It was the early 70s. So maybe not. <laughs> On Maui, too. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that would probably, as far as... A, I I remember surfing before this, I remember being on the nose of my dad's board a lot, but the the most impactful moment was uh, being on the front of his board, on his longboard, and we were paddling back out after catching a wave, and we got caught on the inside and just got pounded. And I I was like, okay, well, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, I, I remember just thinking I'm dead That's it. There, you, there's <laughs> no way anyone could live through this and all of a sudden I feel my dad just go Whoop, grab my oh, arm yeah and the next thing I knew it was in the air it was probably 1.2 seconds right <laughs> right that was an early experience but that you, was you, water you know, when you think when you say water and, and the impact it had on my life that, that was right but luckily it didn't
0: and a big lesson there too uh-huh. The sense of impending doom—that yeah. that you can still find a way. You're out. good. You're, yeah. or with the help of others. Yeah, yeah. and
1: exactly, yeah. especially those who you know have your back. You know, right, right.
0: So, yeah. Well, What's—I mean—that—that that kind of answers the second question a little bit. But if there's anything that you've learned from water well, it, that, that better equips you to, as I put it, surf the waves of life, what would that be for you? Like, what's what's one of your biggest takeaways from uh, interacting with water that lately, teaches you about
1: life? Yeah. So. First of all, I need to get in it. Pretty much, I mean, I, I unless I'm on an airplane for 24 straight hours, I I'd never not get in it. And that's a river, lake, or preferably the ocean. Um, so I, a daily dose of it is always really important for me. Um, but yeah, you know, it was my the answer that popped in my head too was with that was uh, you know the infiniteness of it. Like you know, it's not necessarily water, but the the power that that created the wave, the, the, the force that, that the wind kicked up, that created the wave that traveled thousands and thousands of miles that finally broke on the shore at your spot. And you got a good way from, or just watched, you know? Um, and it's done. It, it whitewash and then it comes up on, and the water seeking its own level settles out. But, you know, if you believe that there, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, uh, then, that energy is going on still and, and it's infinite and and that wave breaking, the power that brought it to the shore that caused it to break, that caused it to spit spit or you know whitewash and kick up sand and move rocks and shells around is still going on some in some form Yeah. and thinking about that and thinking about which way that energy has not dissipated but has continued is how I kind of like think of our lives are like that, you know. It's like when we're dead, um, and getting my head around for something that's gonna happen to every one of us is death, uh, and understanding that, and those around me who may die, or I may die, or whatever, and understanding that is that infiniteness of, you know, Christianity that the Western world was, and I was brought up on. Um, puts it as uh heaven it's like well i don't really understand that Mm because i don't believe really that there's a guy with a beard standing there letting you in or not letting you in above the clouds yeah and so but there is infinite and so heaven to me would just need a little shifting of just you know of a definition and and that and it's something like so the way water holds the answer to me is is in watching waves and seeing going okay I don't see where the wave energy uh, went after right. it broke, but it's right. still out there yeah. because equals, you know, because of the for every action, there's an equal and opposite yeah. reaction. So yeah. the, no, Newton's no third energy, law. The no beginning. It? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Newton's yeah. third law. So if that's true, I was talking to my wife a couple of days ago about that, and that popped in my head. So
0: very cool. Yeah. Well, that's a, certainly a pretty profound and, and pretty broad-reaching uh, takeaway point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think so, and and and, and you know but hey if I'm wrong or if someone has a better answer I'm all ears absolutely it's, it's it yeah I, I just shit I, I'm the first to admit I don't know shit so. yeah well, <laughs> and
0: that takes a lot of wisdom to say what you don't know you know yeah and that's that, really the that, again is. that makes two of us like yeah. we're not here to speak as authorities no. this is just we're being honest and open about our life right. experiences and
1: that's I think coming back I think the more of these kinds of conversations that happen I think it's yeah. gonna make us all better yeah hopefully hopefully that's shit. the idea hope <laughs> oh, jack's not
0: well thank right. you i really appreciate it yeah no it. worries man um, that was cool
1: yeah that was really fun thanks for having me
0: yeah i'm stuck that worked Go. out and i'm glad i got you in town and before i take off and yeah, all that yeah. stuff yeah. have
2: a great trip thank you, uh, you yeah i'm pretty excited
0: yeah That's going to do it for our show today, everybody. If you enjoyed what you heard in your time with us, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can find our episodes there or on SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you were turned on by anything in today's episode, please take the time to tell a friend or a loved one about the show. It's listener recommendations and support from people like you that make this show possible. If you think this show deserves to grow and or adds value to your life, you can contribute to your support by donating on Patreon an easy-to-use crowdfunding platform for creators such as myself. If you're interested in any of the guests or topics covered in the episode, you can find further information about them in the show notes section on iTunes or in the blog posts on our website. Lastly, if you have any thoughts or questions or feedback, any ideas for future guests or topics, you can reach out to me directly at our website at www.offshoreinsightspod.com. That's insights followed by the letters pod.com. com. Today, I'll leave you with a song by Ryan Little called West Coast. Until next time, be well, keep in touch, and enjoy the ride.